Hello, everybody. You're on the line with Nimbus Gaming. I'm your host, Nimbus, and today is another great day in the world of esports. The International has just concluded. Wings Gaming is the champion. They took down Digital Chaos with a score of, spoiler, 3-1. to one. I don't think it was a really a surprise for anybody. The team looked very strong going into the last couple days of the International. Sure, they did some cheesy stuff, and they had some strategies or showings that were caused people to question a little bit the consistency of the team. But after a Game 1 loss to Digital Chaos, they really showed their depth and their ability to execute with three consecutive wins. So... Big props to them. It's it, it, it's a sad day, really, because it marks the, it marks the end of another Dota season, and all teams playing Dota. This is this is the penultimate, right? This is the the thing that everybody plays for and that everybody wants to do well at, and it's the end of a great season, which means that we're going to start we're going to be starting soon a new season. A new season with new players, new teams coming to the forefront like Digital Chaos. By the way, props to Digital Chaos. Everyone had them as huge underdogs, finishing bottom eight, not doing too well. While the team practices in America, there's only one American. The rest are European slash European. So it's just kind of kind of a weird team, but. They really, they, they played some great Dota. They really pulled it together when it counted. Unfortunate for them. They couldn't quite get it to the end, but congrats to them. Congrats especially to Misery and to Wii. I think they were, they were unfairly, or maybe not, maybe, I, I don't know. They were, they were kicked from Team Secret for other, for reasons that were, not necessarily good ones, even though the team had won, just won a major. And, you know, teams change, and I understand that. So good for them to continue to progress in their Dota career. I think every team that makes it to the international every year should consider that progression, right? Because the game is progressive by nature, by making it to the international, it means you are progressing with the game. It just so happened that Wings was an extremely potent team, they're extremely strong, and they ended up, they, they took down the whole thing, so. With that, this new Dota season, there's going to come a lot of changes to teams, and I would not be surprised to see some, some of the major teams break up, fall apart, not stick together, or and on the other flip side, I, w- I imagine seeing some other teams uh, doing just the opposite of that. So, team, I think Team Secret is in a very awkward position right now. They had a very abysmal showing. Their roster has not been stable for the past year. I wouldn't be surprised if they clean slate try again, or maybe just keep one or two players and keep Puppy, 
and try try to form a new roster. I think OG will stick together. I think while they didn't play their best, Dota and they got they faced a very tough tough opponent in the first round and in the second round. I think they they have two majors behind them, and I think they're capable of adapting to the current situation, overcoming it, and moving on. I think Wings will probably stick together. I think DC will probably stick together. It'll be interesting to see. I bet Fnatic will stick together. TNC Pro will probably stick together. Teams that are on my questionable list are Navi, Complexity, uh, Liquid, and anyone? Is there anyone else? Maybe LGD, the Shao H Squad. They're while they played okay. They against some of the top tier teams. They just it was not. They they weren't that impressive. So it'll be interesting to see where Dota goes from here. They announced some new heroes are going to be joining the game. They announced that there's only going to be two majors next year, not three. I think the Shanghai major was really a disaster, and Valve is going to be gun-shy about doing another major there in China. I don't know where the majors are going to be. I haven't looked. Maybe some of you do know, and I'm completely off track, but I I think they're going to be a little gun-shy to do something in China like that again. I think the Manila major was very successful, and same with the Frankfurt major. So it's too bad they're not doing four majors and having a season, right, having a, like, if the prize pool was good enough and big enough, you could have teams try out, and you could have a whole, a whole season around the, just around the majors, like, have teams that are, have a stable roster of teams, like, like the, you know, Top eight finish like have sixteen teams go to each major. Top eight teams always get to always get to come back and participate in the next season, and then have the bottom eight teams they have to you know go through the qualifiers again for each major. And that would really and if your roster changes, then you get disqualified. You're not allowed to. You have to go through the open qualifiers again. And then whoever finished ninth, if their roster is stable, they get to go on or tenth or eleventh all the way down the line. So. I think that would be a lot more stable way of encouraging teams to, to stay together, right? If the price pool is big enough and the events are good enough, then teams will naturally want to stay together and figure out ways to overcome their differences and, and the things that may pull them apart. So because the risk of not – of staying top eight but then having to go through the open qualifiers with – there are other a lot of, where there are a lot of good teams. It's uh, it's it's very high. You you want that prize pool. You know you want to be you want to be guaranteed for a tournament. You know they're very stable. The prize pool is very stable. It's big. I don't know. That's just that's that's kind of what I would do about the the problems with the. The rosters not being stable, 
but we'll see. You know, Valve is a they're they're a smart company. They like they'll adapt. They'll figure it out. So interesting how they called the Pitlord the Underlord, even though he's not really an Underlord. But you know, you you can't the the whole. Uh, Copyright infringement, all that stuff of Warcraft or Blizzard, et cetera, et cetera. So not the not the most uh, not the most crazy thing in the world. Interesting, they announced the Monkey King. I I quit playing Dota One around before the Monkey King became a hero. However, I did play a little bit with the Monkey King and Heroes of New Earth, and I don't know if the hero will be similar or not. Apparently, some people said in Dota 1 that there was a Monkey King, but I'm not I'm not really sure. If if any of you could confirm it for me, that would be that'd be fantastic. I I really hope Dota keeps growing in hero pools, although Something that I've been thinking about is like, if there get to be too many heroes, you kind of lose the small, intricate nature of the drafting, right? The more heroes you introduce, the the less your your drafting becomes more awkward because and banning because you can't. Eventually, there will become certain hero combinations that are that are very good, and you can't ban them all away, or you can't ban the good ones away. So you you kind of lose the dyna- the dyna- dynamicism of having the the five bans, five picks, because your the number of picks you have is less. So maybe you increase the number of bans team have teams have, or you create a, a a season. You create. You have heroes that are in that become in season, right? You have you know a hundred heroes that are uh, that are available for competitive play on a rotational basis, right? To keep to kind of keep that captain's mode interesting aspect. Keep keep the draft aspect interesting. So. I don't know. It creates a power creep. It creates you can't ban away all the hero combinations that are insane. Like, like let's like for example, Keeper of the Light, illusion and a, uh, a farming or an illusion like a PL or a Naga, Wisp plus Tiny, Wisp plus many heroes. Uh, I don't know. Take take your pick, right? You you can't you can't just keep banning away all these different all these different combinations because again eventually you're just going to you're going to run into combinations that you, enough combinations you can't ban them all away it makes it very annoying or your matchups even if you want to pick a certain hero you can't because the matchups they're going to have are are bad now the flip side to this is you can't play every hero in every position because they're just not effective right we saw that at star ladder invitational eg tried to run some crazy mid-heroes for Sumail just so they wouldn't give away strategies for the international. And it didn't really work out. 
the ancient apparition did, but the oracle did not. It was just awkward. So, it was very... I don't know. I don't know. It was... It's going to be very interesting to see how the game continues to change and evolve. Although, if they keep adding only, like, one or two heroes to the game each year, it might not be so bad, right? It might be just enough to keep the game fresh and interesting, but just uh, keep the power creep down to a, a bare minimum. Because, really, you want all heroes to be relatively equal in power level, but it's hard to do that as you keep increasing, or as you keep introducing heroes, so... What's really going to be, what's really going to decide, I guess, the future of Dota is how these majors and internationals keep going, right? If they continue to be successful, if they continue to have good production value and increase in production value and raise, you know, $22 million plus price pools or $20 million plus price pools, then people will still want to play the game and it will still be exciting and fun to watch and teams will still want to compete despite the fact that there are there are other alternatives that pop up, right? I mean, Dota continues to do well despite the fact that there's League of Legends. League of Legends does well despite the fact that there's Dota. So other games have had a harder time breaking in, like Strife or Heroes of the Storm, but there are those games, they, they don't, they either don't have the the fan base, the dedicated fan base, or, you know, they're not as deep, right? I played Heroes of the Storm for a month, and it was fun for a month, but then after that, it was kind of like, eh, okay, I did everything. I played all the heroes, or I got to spend a lot of money to get all these heroes, and I just don't want to do that, you know? Dota's nice, you just, you don't have to spend any money. It's fun to spend money and buy compendiums and level them up and do that kind of stuff, but you don't have to, right? If you just want to enjoy the game for what it is, then you can do that. And if you want to spend a lot of money on it, well, you can do that too. But but the point is you don't have to. Um, I think I've covered most of the international stuff. I don't... I haven't watched or listened to all the games. I just know the score. So maybe I'll get into the nitty-gritty of the actual strategy and and what ended up being really good and what ended up not being really good. One thing that I will say is that apparently Wings beat DC when DC picked up the Naga Siren in response to the Faceless Void. And this is... So this dynamic, those two heroes had a dynamic throughout the tournament where, like, EG picked Faceless Boy the first game and Digital Chaos responded with the Naga Siren and EG couldn't beat the song. That uh, Naga Siren song was just, it it wrecked the EG team fight. It did it, that game one against Digital Chaos, it was, that song destroyed them multiple times. Surprised EG didn't pick up the, the Naga for themselves and have Zai play the hero or something like that. It's too bad Sumail doesn't play the hero. I think that hero is can be such a 
can be so powerful in certain instances, right? It's so situationally good against a lot of different lineups because it really it punishes it punishes mid range mid range lineups. Lineups that wanna farm until like twenty five minutes and then push. Because you get a radiance online, it gets really hard for those teams to then push high ground because there's a radiance. There are radiance illusions pushing out all the waves. So it's really, really good against those mid-range strategies. Not good against aggressive lineups, very good against mid-range-ish lineups. So I'll talk about that more later. But for now, I just want to say thanks for listening, everybody. You catch me at SBlockOut on Twitter. Give me a shout-out if you got any questions, comments, concerns. Otherwise, until next time, thanks for being on the line with Nimbus Gaming.